Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the State Champs Preps Podcast. Of course, you can always find these at statechampsnetwork.com slash podcast. Also on uh, SoundCloud, you just search State Champs Sports. We're working on getting uh, these to a number of other outlets as well so that uh, Google Play is one that we're on right now. Yep, we are on Google Play. Okay. Uh, we're in the process of getting on iTunes. Okay, and who knows, maybe like Stitcher or something like that at some point. Yep. Uh, in the future, uh, we'll keep doing that. And this is our weekly podcast. Uh, we focus on football for the most part during the football season. Uh, of course, as we move into uh, winter sports and beyond, we'll, of course, uh, focus on basketball. And we'll definitely have hockey podcasts and uh, and maybe some others. Maybe we'll have some special guests in here. Bottom line is uh, we're here every week giving you uh, a different podcast, and we thank you for tuning in. The uh, State Chance Prep Podcast is sponsored by Hungry Howie's Dough Razor. Go to DoughRaiser.com, simply the best way to fundraise. Also, Diversify Members Credit Union, DMCU.com for all your banking needs. Both of those companies, huge sponsors of the State Champs Sports Network. It is because of companies like them that uh, – you know, allow us to do what we do and allow us to, right. to talk high school, you know, which just isn't done at all really anymore. We have seen not just in print, but uh, certainly in uh, anything as far as television coverage and, and things of that nature, definitely not radio, uh, <laughs> you know, that, you know, in other parts of the state, they have their their focuses and that's great. Uh, we're talking mainly about the, you know, Metro Detroit area. Yeah, they right. do a lot of games of the week throughout right. the state. Yeah, they do. And and they've picked up uh, our radio show, which, by the way, airs every Friday night from 1030 to midnight on 97.1 The Ticket, as well as uh, a lot of uh, stations across the state, the MHSAA Network. It also streams live at MHSAAnetwork.com. You can also download the Radio.com app, which has 97.1 The Ticket on it, so you can listen to the show mm -hmm. there as well. And we're on Facebook Live, which is like a television version of our show because you can see all of us, and we've got video highlights and things that roll through it. So all that going on now. A programming note is that we will be on from 10 to 11.30 tomorrow night. There is Pistons uh, pre-season uh, games on the on air and they tend to end early, so we'll be starting on a hard time at 10 p.m. So we'll go 10 to 11.30 uh, tomorrow night. That is uh, Friday, October 6th. You can put us on in your car on, That's the, right. on the way back from uh, from your local football game. Yeah. And talk to us about what you just saw and what got you excited and uh, maybe what team that, that you followed just made the playoffs. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Uh, uh, what we want to do is uh, talk about a few things. We're going to start with our Hungry Howie's Mr. Football race. We're also going to talk about teams that have already qualified for the playoffs. And then we're going to kind of go region by region just, uh, you know, because Every year is so different, uh, and really the teams from those regions who we feel are going to make a play in the playoffs. Contenders. Right? Contenders, which is which is coming around. And we'll probably get to a couple of pretenders, too, that normally may be contenders. Yep. Uh, so a lot to get to on the podcast. Once again, thanks for joining us. I'm Lauren Plant. Scott Bernstein is here. Jeff Dulac is here. And Tom Markowski is down from the Great White North, uh, which is not white yet. Not yet. Uh, Give it time. <laughs> yeah. It venerable Tom Markowski. That's right. He's here. And uh, he will call into the radio show tomorrow night. So we'll get him for a few minutes. Here we get him for a more extended period. And one of the things, we actually restarted this podcast because we had a little technical difficulty. And one of the things that's mentioned, I think it's worth even bringing back up, and Tom was bringing it up, is that there used to be so much focus back in the day in winning your league, in winning your city championship, mm -hmm. those trophy games that are so important that do, li right games. that do live on in the trophy cases at high schools. And it just seems like we put more focus now on postseason and don't talk about this season. Well, I think it's just uh, society in general. You know, they want to, you know, pin, pin that team up there that won a you know, state championship. When I mean, there's so many things with high school football, I mean, you know, working for the Detroit News all those years, I used to like to write about those rivalries. And you can take one of the biggest, and some people say the biggest, you know, Catholic Central and Brother Rice, and we featured that on our TV show. And, and that game means so much to those two communities. And when I say communities, obviously they're all boy Catholic schools, but it is a community within those uh, schools, and it, it takes on a bigger life than, you know, what happens in November at Ford Field, because that is, that is something's guaranteed every yeah. year. You know you're going to play that team. Mm -hmm. Let me just give a little history lesson to some of these younger cats out there. So <laughs> the playoffs, the MHSA playoffs for football started, I believe, in 75 or 76. 75. But then for the first 20 years, I mean, until I was leaving high school, because when I was still in high school in the uh, mid-90s, 
you could be nine, you could be eight and one and still, still miss the playoffs. In. I remember right. those. So well, I believe it was ninety six or ninety seven where it went to six wins and you're automatically in, and they expanded it out. Well, once they got to the double letters and double, you know, double A, double B, single A, single B. They let in a lot more schools could make it. Then when they went to divisions, what happened there is they just went to the expansion yeah. of the six wins, but also equaling out the divisions. The point where, I'm making, though, is right. back then, even the first 20 years of the playoffs, you could have you a, great a great season. Year, but not you won't be in the playoffs, so that made the league championship. It made the, the backyard brawls uh, have more significance. Right. Well, and the interesting, you were guaranteed the interesting yeah. thing is uh, the MHSA is pretty good about uh, tracking the trophy games that still go on. And yeah, in fact, they do. Yeah, and in yep. fact, just this week, uh, the Cipriano Cup, which we covered last year, is Dearborn Fortson in Dearborn. Always a big matchup yep. in that city. Right. Who wins that game? The Double O Pigskin Trophy is Oxford at Lake Orion. Uh, doesn't get better than that name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Golden Shoe slash Cleat Trophy, which is Temperance Bedford at Monroe. A rivalry that's been for Monroe County many, yep. many, 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 many years. Uh, the Oscar Wasberg Trophy, which is Manistique at Nagani. So God, obviously, you know, there's huge history there. The Pioneer Trophy, which is Reed City at Big Rapids. And the uh, Super Superintendent's Trophy, which is Chip Valley in Macomb, Dakota. Uh, which is going to be one of the better games. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's oh, my absolutely. favorite Macomb County rivalry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it used to be different when um, Ike and Ike Stevenson, and Stevenson yeah. where they were the big boys. Yeah, right. and again, back in the day, Bob, uh, not, Bob, Bob Lancey and, and Rick Bai. Rick Bai, yep. Not, and back in the day, not that this, uh, you know, it still doesn't mean something, but really back in the day, like your, all your papers would talk about the trophy. they talk about the legacy of the trophy. There would be more you know, attention to these things. And sure. not that mm-hmm. they still aren't big deals in the schools. I think they are. There just isn't enough attention, I think, drawn to them. And that's important. There's over 100 trophy games that go on during More the More pageantry season. back then. Yeah. Yeah, right. now it's it's the playoffs. Yeah. Everybody points in that sixth victory, which I wish that somehow you got rid of that because a lot of teams were off the subject here. Right. But a lot of teams are saying, no, I can't play that non-conference oh. game. I'll, I might not get my six victories. Well, let me just give one right. quick example of that. Uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's is out of the playoffs now. They lost uh, in week six to Brother Rice. That's got to be one of their earliest. If they would have won the yeah. game, uh, they yeah. would have been two and four. They only have eight games on their schedule, and they would have needed to get that ninth game in order to try to. Uh, no, they can make it at four and four, but when it comes it down been to their playoff points, it would have been yes. difficult the with the thing. points. Right. The right. point I'm making is Lakeland had an. Oh, I talked to the Orchard Lake administration about this. Lakeland had an open date the same week that Orchard Lake had an open date. Lakeland's worried about the playoffs. They don't want anything. They don't want to play Orchard Lake. Mm. So For I mean, good reason, right? So I mean, actually, that should be a pretty good game. Lakeland's not a bad team, yeah. right? You yeah. know. I'm just saying so that, that was a situation yeah. that, sure, that, that they, they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have scheduled it. Right. Back when no, Sturgallis coached at Forts and he ran into the same problem. He'd mm-hmm. play a lot of eight-game schedules. And I remember doing getting back to the news, I wrote some stories on that, how it's beneficial sometimes to play that eight-game schedule because then you only need five victories. Okay, you go five and three, you're in. But if you play a nine-game, six and three, you're automatically in. And right. Jeff was telling me back then, that hey Tom, we we, we we plan on playing our ninth game. That'll be the, our ninth that, game. We'll be, be in the playoffs. Playoff. The we already round. plan on doing that. Yeah. And think about it. Back in the day, you had you know teams who literally would have one loss and would not make yeah. the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean, you had to almost go undefeated. You had to go undefeated. And so, uh, yeah, exactly. To guarantee, to guarantee yourself, to guarantee, and you had to go undefeated. You know, and there were games. You know, they talk about you had one point losses and right. something, and that kept you. And this the the. Disdain that those guys right. have that they never they had lived a with the rest of the, some of these guys. I've talked to some of these guys. They're living with it thirty years I later. Know. They're like, we would have won the yeah. state championship right. if we've just you know have got it. There was teams that Warren D. LaSalle had back then. They were eight and one. They lose a yeah. close game to yeah. Brother Rice. Wouldn't get. I remember they had like ten or eleven Division One players. Alan Jefferson went sure. to Michigan. Eric Ford went to Wisconsin. This yeah. is back in the day. Yeah, but that that team was probably one of the best teams that Dang never it. saw the playoffs. Right. Crazy. Yes. Just crazy. All right. So uh, talking about playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to pass it over to Jeff. He's going to lead the conversation here as we talk about teams that have already qualified and how well we feel they will do as the postseason approaches. Right. Um, well, we're just going to start off with some of our top teams. Unfortunately, we won't be able to look to every 6-0 team in the state. No, no, That's no. okay. We're not going <laughs> to yeah, do um, Abbreviated version. But I, th- I, I think Thursday only lasts so long. Right. <laughs> I think they're the, the obvious team to start off with is uh, Muskegon. It's Tom's number one ranked team, and uh, I think 
they have to be the heavy favorite to make it back to Ford Field this year. Yeah, and I'll start the conversation just because I think that they're the big dog there. But I, I don't think, like I thought earlier in the season, that it's a slam dunk for them. It looks like East Grand Rapids will be saddled with them in their district just because right. of the numbers situation, enrollment stuff. Yep. They have to stick is them. good this year. They're very good. They're their type of team. Similar to Lowell in the past, that would you know hardly any Division One players out there undersized. But what they are is a very good defensive team. They have not given up many points. Right. Now, if you look at what Muskegon does, Muskegon just runs up the scores. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to, if you're East Grand Rapids playing Muskegon to get some three and outs, can you imagine how discouraging that might be to Muskegon during that game they're if their truck- offense they're just, is off the quick? Trucking teams right now. Well, so. here, here's the interesting thing: is they're going to get out of that that region. Mm-hmm. And I mean that region is arguably the toughest in the state. Be- if if things play out kind of the way things are, prom- I mean you've got a really good Zealand West team in that region, yep, a yep. really good Grand Rapids Christian team in that region, East Grand Rapids. You know, obviously Muskegon, Byron Center's eight and one. I don't know exactly you know where they will be. Well, but they if, had a good if, season if last Z- year. Too. Zealand East is in there too. Zealand East, you know? it's and probably good that Muskegon's going to run into a, a, a tough team early in East Grand Rapids, just because you've played so many uh, kind of. Pansies, yeah, pansies. This uh, you you almost do yourself a disservice because you're not getting into the nitty gritty competition. Your your game's over with by halftime. So when you're in the playoffs, if all of a sudden uh, you know a team is hanging with you, you you haven't experienced that, right? Which, which is why I think we're going to learn a lot about Muskegon next week right. when we take on Mono Shores. Absolutely. Yes. And then after that, I mean, if you look at the other region, uh, once if whoever comes through the gauntlet of that that first. Uh, you know, district and uh, district championship is, you know, granted, you know, d- good, solid teams. Edwardsburg is mm-hmm. is having a really, really they good year. They got to the semis before. And, Ch- and Chelsea's had a good year so far, mm-hmm. but and are they really on par with the Muskegons of the world? What helps a team like Chelsea, which you just alluded to, Chelsea plays up during the regular season. They're always yep. playing teams right. that are, are higher enrollment. We're covering them this week. It's Polanyi is uh, and, uh, on, the, on the schedule. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Bush does a great job of coaching there, too. And what's interesting, I was talking to Rob Zimmerman over at DeWitt, and another really good D3 team. Yeah. And he, I think, you know, where you had Orchard Lake in the past, we're like laughing. Yes, right, right. Orchard Lake is that big hurdle that DeWitt used to run into. Yeah. I said, well, Rob, there's no Orchard Lake this year for you. He says, yeah, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the point he'll, being, he'll have the likes it's kind of wide open. and, and uh, you know, Ortonville branded. That other sure. bracket that you got coming from, basically, and you can't consider e, or DeWitt the east side, but they right. will be it will be the east side bracket. Yep. Yep. So it, it kind of opened on that end. Yeah, I like DeWitt's chances too. Yeah, I know. Linden will be on that side, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. So it, uh, you, know, to, you know, getting Fowlerville on, is actually decent this year. Getting on DeWitt's bandwagon, they opened up with Grand Rapids Christian, lost a tough game, thirty-eight thirty, then beat Grand Ledge, a really good Division One team. So DeWitt's a team that you know Rob will do that. He'll play those tough non-conference games, get himself ready. Right. Um, going on to the the second team, we'll talk about Utica Eisenhower. Uh, this has been a team that has some has had some really really good wins to start the year. Their schedule got a little bit lighter later this year, um, but to me, I think Utica Eisenhower has proven everything they need to prove well, to this point. And what you saw last year from them, I mean, they were knocking on the door <laughs> to get to Ford Field, mm-hmm. and they came very close to upsetting Cast. Twenty four seconds. Yeah, you know, this might be um, the best Eisenhower teams back to back since the day in the early 2000, late 1990s yeah, when yeah. Lancey was coaching them yeah, and they right. were losing those championship yeah, games. Yeah, the Georgios. Right. That is, that's P- that's pretty we call high that, We praise, call that PSC. That's pre-state champs. <laughs> right. It was just, just before we got going in 2002. Yep. And this this team's loaded. Uh, I remember talking to and, uh, Chris Smith before the season. You know, talent-wise, he told me this is just as good. He just didn't know what that – locker room mentality on the field in the huddle would be like um i think they've proven that they they can handle what's happening this year and that there is good they're good enough to get back and maybe maybe get to fort field yeah right. you know the, the one thing about utica eisenhower that um we all ask going into the years who's going to replace jack provinger right you know the running back went to grand valley state mm-hmm. uh, max whitworth called him the best running back in school history 
Uh, whether that's true or not goes a little bit beyond me. Might be. There, oh. the, he's up there. He'd have to be. But this Caleb Oyster. Caleb yeah. Oyster. He, he's the best running back I've seen this year. Call him yeah, Aqu- we were, Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> we, he's a we, superhero. We from were talking the depths of the state. State. We, we were yeah. talking about off off Mike about the top running backs in the state, and yeah. it's really a down year where yeah. the other years is just loaded. There's no with Mikey them. Webers. Yeah. No. Right. no, there really isn't. No, not at all. Not even close. Yeah, we talk about but, Tariq Reed, and you know, and granted, he's had he's really a, good, a, a really but I mean, good, he's not going to go play in the Big Ten. Right? No, and but Caleb Oyster, mm-hmm. yeah, I think in our minds that what we've seen, anyways, with our eyes, not just what we read or, or heard about, is one of the best backs we've seen this year. Yep. I agree. He's just a junior. Yeah. And they, and they might have a chance. You know, I know we're, the again, we might be dating ourselves a little bit, but, you know, this Ike team could vanquish some of those ghosts. Yeah, absolutely. And those, those the, 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 the old uh, adage, they'll, the Buffalo be, Bills of the MHSA. Right, right, right. They'll be yeah. battle-tested. There's no That's doubt about sure. it. They're going to have to go through, again, one of their rivals, well, Dakota the or Chips. Will be tough. You know, right off. So they're going to get a, another great game. And anytime you see a team for a second time, you know, it always yep. is, is harder. And, uh, and then, you know, I'm sure on the other side you're going to have the, the likes of, you know, West Bloomfield yeah. or Bloomfield Hills or, mm-hmm. you know, Warren Mott maybe, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that could be there or Southfield. And then, of course, as you get, you know, out of the other region, uh, you know, you're going to have to go through the Castex of the world right. or Salines, yep. you know. To, to get to the uh, semis. One more name to look for before I move on uh, on Utica Eisenhower. Defensive end Henry Janeway. He's a defensive end going to Army, I believe. Yeah, he's, one he's one a tight end, too. Yeah, yeah I've seen it. He's, he's he, a big boy with uh, very a very underrated. athletic player. Very underrated, and I think he he's kind of really paces that defensive line. Gets this some, is a some compliment fun. to him and the program. He reminds me of some of those great Catholic Central tight ends they've had over the years. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a big target. He's not, you know, a bulky guy. He, but no. He's built. He's physical. Uh, he's a guy to watch the rest he of the way. He can move for a big kid. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they will be 9-0. Oh, yeah, I do yeah they have an easy schedule, which kind of plays up to them because you can create depth. You're not, you're, you know, Max is going to be healthy, right. yep. which you want. Right. They need yeah. for the playoff yeah. run. Get a chance to maybe give another guy a backup, some some good reps. Right. Yep. And they've you know? already gained the momentum. They already beat the big teams. They know right. how good they are. The right. service academy has really mined this area for talent, they do. Yeah. at least in the last five years. I mean, yep. I can think of a dozen kids. If not more that have gone off. What a commitment that is, and it's what an opportunity as well. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to our our third team on this list, Muskegon Mona Shores, uh, Tom's number five team in the state. Um, Tristan Robbins. Tristan Robbins, uh, a guy who's on our Mr. Football next five. Uh, again, I think we're going to learn a lot about Mona Shores next week, just like we're going to learn a lot, lot about Muskegon next well, week. Well, even if they lose, which I assume right. they will, you know, it is that Mona, so you never know. Um, Eight and one going in. They're going to get a lot of playoff points. They're going to get some yep. home field advantage. They're going to be the big team out in uh, the west side. Now that Lowell's kind of dropped down a notch, but mm-hmm. I still consider Lowell one of my top five teams in Division Two as far as having a chance to win the title. Mm-hmm. Um, D two is really interesting because I think it's changed. Um, you watch the first game of the season. Warren De La Salle would be one of the last teams you would think would <laughs> right. win a state yeah. title, and now I got them in my top yep. four as far as possibilities. Even Oak D2. Park, Oak that's Park. five and one right now, and I saw him week one. I'm going to see him again now uh, against Harrison this week. But uh, I'm, I'm guessing that way. what happened in week one might as well have been three years ago. Well, that's right. the same thing with De La Salle, and I think that happened with a lot of teams this year, and it's happened in the past. This is not something new that you don't have that much time in the preseason to get your team ready and some teams aren't ready to play that first week right. and I think De La Salle was when I saw them they weren't ready to play that well, game. Park's pulled off four shutouts since week one right. they've outscored their opponents like 112 to yeah, nothing Oak the last Park was that team that put, I pointed to anyways and other people pointed to as this could be that Oak Park team. This is the year we keep on talking about that the year that Greg Carter's. I know that's Oak. a heavy thing to weigh on them but the talent wise and all the expectations in the past this is the Greg team. Carter hasn't had that power, that real powerhouse that's made that deep run in the playoffs uh, since he's uh, got to Oak Park. This could be the year. Real quick, since we're on the note of Oak Park, just came through about five minutes ago. Uh, Oak Park's 2018 defensive back, Robert Daniel, just committed to Eastern Michigan. Okay. Just throw that out there since we're on. Yeah. Yeah. EMU, how. how they're doing, it, a, good, they're it, doing it, a good they're job. They're doing a good job. They ignored this area for a long time. Long time. And now Lord knows why. Yeah. Right. Well, I <laughs> it mean, makes no like, sense. Yeah. Like, it all stems no from the head coach. I yeah, mean, yeah. what he's doing. Well, they over were there doing a lot of. Chris uh, going yeah, great job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Previously, they're. 
they're one of the top teams in the MAC. Yeah, yeah. as they should be. They were up until mm-hmm. the last couple of years. They were relying a lot on junior college. Right. It was yep. always funny. Yeah. I remember kidding some of those guys. Why don't you take the word Michigan out yeah. of your name? And just call yourself Easter. Easter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Robert Daniel, point. there's a really, um, they have a very good secondary at Oak Park. Robert mm-hmm. Daniel, Enzo Jennings, yep. um, I believe Jamal Robinson is their safety, and uh, Toriano Richardson plays. Toriano Richardson, Johnny Kelly's uh, little brother. Yep, uh, but going back to we were talking about Mona Shores, um, going on Mona Shores and De La Salle, I I really have a strong feeling that we're going to see a repeat of the 2015 Division Two State mm-hmm. Final. Yeah, uh, Warren De La Salle. Mona Shores, it just seems like they're on a collision course at this point. Obviously, a team like Oak Park, a team like Lowell can, can really throw a wrench into those plans. We're forgetting well, somebody. Detroit King. Yeah, Martin Luther King. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah, I mean, probably they, the biggest they're always all. They're always the wild card. Yep. Yep. And the reason I said we talked about off mic on this, too, you don't know how good King is. Right. And a lot of times you don't find out until they play the big boys on 2nd Avenue. Yep. Right. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is, you know, as we get through the playoffs – that's when weather becomes a factor. And when if you're a team, if you want to be one of those high flyers and you try to throw it around, mm-hmm. uh, again, I've not seen Mona Shores in person yet. You know, it depends on how much they depend on McCollum they, to sling the rock. Um, that's Tristan Robbins. Robbins. I mean, Robbins. That's okay. McCollum, McCollum from Water. That's water from from, from, yeah, right. we're talking about our watch list. Uh, Powder but blue Robbins, and blue. <laughs> exactly. Same, Same uniform. There you go. Uh, you know, that's always a I fact. King, King is always built for postseason. Robin's style, though, plays well they for They just that. put He's the ball in the hands of playmakers. Tristan See, Robin's style. Okay. Mona Shores runs that spread to run the ball. Okay. Yeah, never he's shifty. That. They do throw it. They'll throw it 12 to 18 no, times So that's game. that's nice, good. Yeah, the nice that's thing about good. Mona Shores is they set up the, the – they run a lot to set up the pass. You go play action, you'll find a guy like Damari Roberson who's right. just a burner right. down the sideline. That's what athletes. you need. Just yep. get the ball in the hands of the athletes, and when weather's an issue, they're going to be breaking tackles. Matt Kosiak told me before the season he thought this was his best team. How about their def- went, How about like, the defensive side? Wait a minute, side? you had a team Jacob that Wahlberg, got the, uh, the, yeah. uh, yes. linebacker. Uh, so this team has got talent. Yeah. There's no question about that. It's been that. building. There's it, no uh, doubt. You gotta, you know, they were hats, down last year, but right. they were young last yeah. year. Hats off to Coach Kozak. He really came in there and almost instantly turned that program around. It helps when you have a Tyree Jackson oh, yeah. to do that. But, but no, the, now we, they're building consistency. But we also talked about off mic how much talent there is in the Muskegon area. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the North Muskegon, Muskegon Catholic, you can go down the list. Montague, uh, Muskegon Oak Ridge. I mean, there's just a slew Absolutely. Of, uh, not only good teams for their area, but when they get in the playoffs, watch out. Right. And it was not that long ago when we had a state finals. Remember, we had all the Muskegon teams yeah, we had that like were there. Five there were like five in the state yep. finals. And I think they all won, except maybe one of yeah. them. <laughs> it, it's incredible how yeah. uh, much of a hotbed that is. It really is. Mm-hmm. All right. I love their football. Moving yeah. on, we just we talked about East Grand Rapids briefly. Um, I guess my biggest question is East Grand Rapids for real. 6 0 says they are. Wins over Lowell and a, a pretty good Farmington Hills Harrison team says they are. Well, I'm just not entirely sure. I understand that they haven't played the big boys, but the pro- thing is with the Division Three team, you don't have to play the big boys. Right, sure. you Lowell. just have to. Yeah, and that's a Division Two team, mm-hmm. and they yep. do play. And the Grand Rapids Christian was Division Two at one time. Now they'll be three. three. Yep. yep. So you know, and they beat them pretty good, twenty-eight right. to seven. Christian was averaging like forty points a game yeah. before that happened. See what's what. This East Grand Rapids team is is they're, they're not going to wow you with what their athletes do. There's hardly any really high level Division One or even Division Two talent on this team. But what they do is they play defense. They're quick to the ball and they don't make, make mistakes. And they wait for you to make mistakes. Well, that goes a long way at the yeah. prep level. Right. And again, oh, it's just the gauntlet of that district. Uh, right. Those you know that region, that mm-hmm. region one out there in, in Division three that usually has the Zeeland schools yep. and the Grand Rapids Christian and Muskegon. Uh, you get through that, then you're you're ready to go. You've had two really really tough playoff games. And I you know getting to your point, Jeff, that mm-hmm. I would not sell them short, even if they play Muskegon and what looks like they probably will in the right. playoffs. To beat Muskegon, you got to get to the ball because how their offense yep. is so. We, we've seen them play; they they go on rhythm. And once they get their rhythm going, it's like bam, 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 and they just move down the field. You stop that rhythm, you make them have a third and seven, and, and they get a three and out, you change everything. Right. Um, moving on to, to uh, our next team is Traverse City West, our buddies way up north. Um, 
Tom got a chance to see him earlier this year. They're they good. have a very you know, solid Mr. Team. Football candidate. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Hayes, Hayes going to Michigan to play offensive line. Uh huh. They got more than that. They got they run that tight T. Uh, they have two good running backs, a quarterback that's been there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, real sound team. They will make a mistake now and then, like most high school teams do. I just don't know. I think there's a big question mark with this team because they don't play a you know really strong schedule. It's where they're located. It's not their fault. Right. They went down to Midland, beat them up. That's only Midland's only loss of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm still questioning if they're Division One, they'll get stuck with Rockford, mm-hmm. somebody like that in their district. If they're Division Two, they're going to get stuck with Lowell in their uh, in their district. So can they play with those teams? Maybe this this doesn't seem like the Lowell team if they are in Division Two. That's so dominant that I thought early in the season the team I saw against De La Salle things change. So maybe West can beat a team like that. I'll put you on the spot. Who would you rather face if you're Traverse City West? Would you rather rather be in Division One play Rockford, Division Two and play Lowell? Well, I, it, just in what I've seen um, as the season gone, I'd rather play Lowell because they're a little downturn now. Mm-hmm. What's Rockford doing? Rockford's getting better. Right. Rockford's what kind of what we expected. Rock, yes, Rockford's going to get better, and you better watch out for. They might be the number one team in Division One from the West Side. Right. And what a polar shift for. Uh, speaking of West Side, because they just beat them, is Benton Harbor. Mm-hmm. How you know they were so yeah. good, and they you bit know, off more than they could chew. They Benton are two Harbor. and four they, right now. They played a real tough schedule. Um, yeah, they went. They, up, have, they, they had Divine Child and right? South Christian, which is. Perennial right. champ. They right. went to they, Chicago. Right. Play De La Salle. You look at the schedule. It's just it was brutal. Hey, give credit to Trevor them. City West. Yeah. Right. Chicago's got a De La Salle and a brother race. And Benton, <laughs> and Benton Harbor's got Country Day next. Uh-huh. Then Orchard View, uh-huh. and then Buchanan in the year. You know what? They I see them going. I I think they can go five and four. I don't know if that's good enough to get them in. Right. Um, you know, when it when it comes to Traverse City West, it's interesting to see when they start the playoffs. We've seen them play really, really well against some of these lesser teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but picking up wins over Midland and picking up a win over Traverse City Central, that's nothing to, to kind of... No, those are playoff at. teams, really good teams, and Benton Harbor, like I said, might get in too. Right. Um, but they, got, just, they, they just don't play that consistent right. schedule. They've got right. Cadillac, Gaylord, and Coldwater. Right. They should finish Coldwater's not bad. That, that'll be their toughest game, which is good for them because they'll play a pretty good team going into the state playoffs. Right, which and I think every they, team wants. And they should, you know, be nine zero and host first round. Right. And when the and last year it was Traverse City Central in the first round it was a thirteen twelve game they lost, you know, right, right off the they, bat. So you know, if Central gets in, it could be in the same matchup again this year in the first round for them. Right. Moving on, we got a team that's knocking on Tom's top ten in his rankings. Belleville also six zero, also qualified for the playoffs. Putting it all together, yep. finally. Well, not say finally. I mean, Crowell's only they been there. still haven't played anybody. I mean, this was a good Fortson team. Fortson made a, mm-hmm. lots of mistakes in that game, both in decisions that were made and also just in the play that they made. I still got to see Belleville be a really, really good team. How long team. has Jermaine been there now? Is it four years? I think this is his fourth year. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gotcha. Hey, I'm not. I'm not saying they're not talented. Right. I was just impressed by the the margin of victory sure. over Fortson, and yeah. it was at Fortson, yeah. correct? Yes, I, w- I was at that game. Uh, I came away really impressed with Belleville. Belleville had nine sacks on the day. Their defense uh, is not a problem. No, not at all. They the, they're going to create opportunities. Right. The one thing I will say is, if you're Belleville, uh, they've got two quarterbacks: a freshman, uh, Matthew Do Reed, um, who's uh-huh. a very talented freshman. But he's still a freshman. Right. I think when the playoffs start, Jermaine is real high on. Him. I think Belleville should probably turn their attention to Matthew Ransom, who played in the second half, and you could really see that offense really click. Okay. Um, I think you go with the senior leadership, mm-hmm. the senior guy, the guy who's been there and done that uh, in the playoffs. And I think if they do that, I think Belleville's a real contender. Um, Talent-wise, yeah. no question. I mean, it's right. you know, again, we talk about the, those early district games, yeah. and they're going to be probably like they were last year, yep. shoved into a district that includes Canton, yep, right. that includes Celine, who they lost to right yep. off the bat. They lost uh, bad. Too. You know, and so, I mean, that's... If that's their and, district. And, if, and also, Cass Tech will probably be in those in that region. In the region. In, in that yeah. region. In that district. Let's say they have to play at Canton. Let's say they, in the second round they play Celine. I, I don't know if they yeah. can handle that back-to-back. That's, it'll be that interesting. Tough. It'll, be, it'll definitely be interesting. The thing with uh, Belleville, by the way, it's Christian Dureed, not Matthew Dureed. Okay. Um, and then you look at, you know, they, they have the star power. They have Davion Williams, Michigan State commit. They got Devontae Dobbs, who might be the best offensive lineman in the Midwest. 
Um, they have they, Julian Barnett. They took a Romulus kid, I know, because we had my buddy oh, really? who was one of the coaches from Rye. He said there were two that went to Belleville. Okay. Gotcha. Because he's talking, you know, it's funny. They're talking about Belleville now, mm-hmm. you know, in the football kind of ranks. Like, what's up with Belleville? Right. Uh-huh. You know, and, and so, I mean, they've already, you know, in the communities, mm-hmm. they are as a destination. Yeah. You know, which was they got they got a, absurd uh, kind that, of before, but it's what Crowell's built over there. And you know, say what you want. If, if, of course, there's always the rumors mills goes flying on how they're getting kids or whatever. Uh, that's a long list of teams. Yeah. It's a long list, and that's what I tell everyone. Yeah, I want right. to throw out a name out though uh, for for the Belleville fans or for the uh, fans of uh, of college recruiting in this area right now. There's a junior defensive end that's really starting to heat up. Yep. Uh, is it Jalen Hunt? Jalen Hunt. Yes. Jalen Hunt. Hunt. He, and, he had uh, a really good game against Fortson on Friday. About tomorrow. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, and, is he a blitzing type of man? He's an athletic yeah. uh, edge rusher. Okay. He, he's a guy I could see playing a, a 3 4 if he had to. And he could drop back in the outside. linebacker okay. spot. Yeah. yeah. We're, so we're very down and he stands yeah. up. Wow. We're, we're very defensive and heavy in our well, we recruit are. report tomorrow night with Alan True. We yeah. got a that's lot. one think, of the guys he wants I, to talk I about. I think we just mentioned just the, in general though. A couple minutes ago we mentioned yeah. we don't have a lot of running backs. Right. We don't have a ton of quarterbacks. Right. But when we're talking about linemen on yes. both sides of the ball, You're right. it's like yes. a super renaissance. Yes. Yes. I've never right seen it. Right. It's never been bad. And think about it. Defensive end is the position at the next level and especially in the pros. Those guys are going to start making quarterback money in the pros. Yeah. Just because of how valuable they are, yeah. those edge rushers are huge. The, when when football evolves, positions evolve, and more you know, there's more importance put on certain positions. And, right. And it's such a pass heavy league, you know, it's the secondary or the safety uh, is so is yes. so important. The outside linebacker is now so important right. with this hybrid tight end, and then obviously with with so many passing downs, you, you need you need someone to get to the quarterback. And in the right. NFL, we're seeing such a bevy of fantastic running backs now. Yep. You've got to have that containment. Yeah. You've got to be able to push them inside so that linebackers can get there. Those edge rushers have dual duties besides yeah. just getting to the quarterback. Yeah. yeah, see what happened with the spread offenses, which go back right. 25 years or so, that it, it just really confused a lot of defenses. Like, what the heck are we going to do defending five receivers? Mm-hmm. We only have four defensive backs. Oh, okay, we need to have a nickel. We need to have the, right. a, a, a the nickel line, and dime back. We need to have the linebacker who can go out and cover that stuff in the flat. Yep. Things are just evolving like we just hit on. Right. One last thing on Belleville I want to get out there. Um, Everybody knows who he is, but I feel he's the X factor for this team this year. Uh, Julian Barnett. Mm-hmm. He, he plays offense. He plays defense. He is one of the most athletic, fastest players I've seen um, this year, and even going back a couple of years. Uh, quick story: you know, watching that Fortson game. Fortson, you know, had you know probably fourth down and twenty or so. They were trying to pooch punt with their quarterback. The quarterback shanked it and went right at Barnett. He picked you know, on the line, picked it up, and took off eighty yards, and nobody came within fifteen yards of him. Wow. He's just a fantastic Don't athlete. Kick it over there. Well, yeah. you talk about strength of schedule, and let's face it, the Wayne Red is not, right. you know, a, a powerhouse. The Western Wayne Conference. I mean, they they beat Brighton, right. you know, beginning That's a good which win. And Brighton was coming off, but it's it's Redford Union, it's Etzel Ford, Crestwood, a uh, down Dearborn, and uh, not as powerful Fortson team. They've got Garden City, Annapolis, and Bedford to end the year. At least they get a test in Bedford, Bedford, Bedford to prepare them for them. the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. That's you're good need that, that they do have Bedford. At yeah, the ninth I agree. Week. All right. Next. Move, moving on again, we're going to go with uh, a guy who. Let's make uh, this the last one so that we can move on to right. uh, the last one. Um, let's let's pick one more just be, so we don't go too long since we got one more topic right. today. We'll pick up uh, with Fenton. Okay. Um, another Mister Football candidate, jo- Josh Sarnata. Right. Sorry, I blinked on his first yeah, name. Yeah, that's, right. that's okay. Um, they're ranked number fourteen. They're unbeaten. We've talked about this team quite a bit. You know, playing the Flint Metro League, we can't really tell for sure if this team is for real or not. Um, I, th- I think we won't know until the playoffs. Right, and, and there's a question whether, uh, I know if, you, if our listeners are um, paying attention to the rankings that the Associated Press released, and mm-hmm. they have them in Division Three, and they were Division Two last year, losing the Wall Lake West in the regional final. Yep. Talking to Coach Setsky, he believes they will be a Division Two team. That is not a given. It all depends on how many teams above them with the enrollment, getting in the playoffs, and where they situate. But I'm going to assume they're going to be a Division Two team. Mm-hmm. They're somewhat of a wild card because we don't know how really good they are. They probably don't know how good they are. When right. you play Zarnata a half, how do you know how good your, your team is? They did find out a little bit against Linden, second best team in the Flint Metro. They blew them out, so that really mm-hmm. wasn't the test that they were looking for. Point being, they're going to probably be in a region 
that is not going to be with De La Salle or a King. Right. So they're going to let those teams beat themselves up. All they got to do is play that one really great game that they didn't do last year against Wall Lake Western and get to the semis and see what happens. Yeah, and you know, you know, after what three weeks of the season, we thought Wall Lake Western was back, going to be you know another mm-hmm. state title contender. After not, week one, after week one, when yeah. they beat West Bloomfield, yeah. and then since then, it's I'm not really state. convinced. Haven't of that been incredibly point. impressive right. with their, even though they've won. Uh, Five of the la- of the next six. Yeah, right. I or mean, they've had a running clock in every game. Right. Are you we, talking, talking about Fenton? Fenton? Yeah, Fenton. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But oh, I'm, so I'm saying that when, if Lake Fenton Western. reaches oh, okay. the point where they're playing Wild Lake Western this year, I got. I, I like Fenton. I, I'm gonna say Fenton's got a has got a, a, a slugger's chance. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree because you know I think Wild yeah. Lake Western will be able to score against Fenton, but who are you gonna take to you know I don't think. I don't think Josh Renata is not capable of putting up <laughs> 35 points. The, de- the, the defense is much more, subse- much more susceptible to what Zarnata does this year than it was last year. Right. They've got a 5 and one flushing team right. this That's week. That's a good test. Much That's a good test. I want to see Fenton play Waterford Mott, uh, and that will tell me a lot. That's the 20th. Yep. Right. That's, That's on the, the last 20th. Week of the last season. week of the season. That could be a 70-63 type of game. Is that at Mott, or is it at Fenton? I don't It is at Mott this year. You might go see that. Be able to tell me where we stand with kind of going forward. I agree. Yeah, he uh, threw six games. Uh, Zarnata's got uh, 18 and, uh, 1,811 yards total, 27 TDs total, you know, uh, 1,275 passing yards, 18 passing TDs. He's 56 of 89, just two picks, uh, 536 yards on the ground, nine TDs on the ground, 61 carries. So he's having a good year. Yes, he he absolutely no is. doubt about it. Before we move on, let me just throw out one more team that I'm getting a lot, a lot of flack for not mentioning them uh, more. Uh, Madison Heights Madison, they've clinched a uh, playoff bid out of uh, Division D6. 6. Yep. They're 6-0. and they got a new quarterback that um, sure Catholic League Central fans are aware of or remember. Austin Brown, the former Catholic Central quarterback, is now over there. He's thrown for, I believe, uh, 1,650 yards, 24 touchdowns. Um, he threw, numbers. That's where I'll be tomorrow. Fitzgerald t- going to Madison. He's, he threw eight nice. touchdowns in the first half of his first game right. uh, yep. for um, Madison. They didn't play uh, tough competition yeah. at that time, but they did meet, beat Marine City beat. and hand Marine City their only loss. Yes, and they right. rallied against Lakeview last week uh, to win 23-21. Um, yeah, I, I talked to <laughs> yeah, Pat Treat about that. He wasn't really happy. <laughs> But uh, so, so listen, obviously you know. About I said, listen, Pat. They're seventeen-year-old kids. You can't predict everything that they do. Right. Uh, their coach is James Rogers, the yes. former University of Michigan cornerback, yep. uh, and uh, played in the NFL for a little bit. He 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 played high school ball at Lanfear. Yep. He's coming over to Madison and and keeping that program uh, going in the same direction it had been for They're a good. number of years. I believe they made the playoffs like twelve, twelve or thirteen straight years. Yeah, so. yeah it's been a while since they've missed. Yes. Want to give them the shout out. Good, good and, shout. Uh, you good know. shot, good shot. If, even if I'm not ranking them in my Oakland County top 10, because I don't necessarily think that they can play with uh, the OA red or, or the top of the OA white, mm-hmm. that's no disrespect to right. them. They're a very good Division Six football team, and I would not be favorites. shocked to see them uh, you know, making a, a long run of the playoffs and, and, and playing at Ford Field on yeah. Thanksgiving. It's been a while, but it's not foreign to them. They have been there before. They were there in 05 or 06, right. I yep. with, When they had the big running back. DeAndre, John- DeAndre, DeAndre Johnson. DeAndre yep. Johnson, exactly. That's Who right. did not make our top 25 list, and I got slack for that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we put Valdez in. Valdez, but, uh, Valdez, yeah, Valdez showers. Yes, exactly. So uh, the State Chance Preps podcast is presented by Hungry Howie's Dough Razor. To simply do the best fundraising, go to doughraiser.com and uh, diversify members credit union dmcu.com for all your banking and financial needs. Uh, we've got uh, one more subject we want to get to real quick so we don't make this too long. Uh, but we want to kind of go by region and talk about just from those general regions, the contenders that we think teams that are, are, are going to make runs. We've talked about many of them already in, in some respect, uh, but we can kind of nail it down by region on, on who we expect to come out. And uh, since Tom is a northerner now, why don't we start there? <laughs> well, we touched on Traverse City West and their chances, and it all depends on where they're going to you know, be seated, so to speak. Um, and the other ones that you know, come to mind in the mid-state, Ithaca, um, D6, um, they've already, last year they were in D5, ran into, uh, you know, got beat in, the, maybe that's a, you know, a division maybe they couldn't compete that well in, um, but D6, you got to believe that they're going to make some noise. Another team, uh, Traverse City St. Francis, um, always a team they have to talk about, D7, um, Maple City Glen Lake got to the D6 finals last year. Those are... You th- said Escanaba? D, you know, I was looking at Escanaba. Um, 
you know, they really haven't been a factor much in the playoffs recently. Sure, they get a, a victory here now and then. This year, they might be good enough to get to Ford Field. They beat Menominee? Beat Menominee. In that, and they beat them b- three touchdowns. Menominee only lost before that was to a team from Wisconsin. Menominee is one of those funny teams. First five games were against Wisconsin team. So, you know, it's like, how were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Right. But they're usually good. And that's usually a, a, a marker on their schedule if you can play well, and let alone defeat. And Escanaba in the past has been D3, D4 this year. Uh, then you're going to run into a Catholic Central who's pretty much given that they're the favorite to repeat in Division Four. But Escanaba is one of those teams I think is just sitting there on the edge that maybe a lot of people aren't paying attention to. And of course, you know when we have we talk about the North, we talk about the lower divisions, right? Uh, you know, and all the teams that uh, seem to always uh, find you know long stretches because that's where the bulk of those smaller schools come from. Right. And you know, Norway was a team that uh, I know our state champs contributor Sam Ali is very high on this year. Uh, you know, they had made the playoffs last year as well, had a good record, undefeated, uh, not uh, six and zero. Yep, yep, they're doing very strong. I think uh, some of the other teams that you know perennially are, are great, or teams like St. Ignace, right, yep. you know, are always strong. Uh, but Gaylord St. Mary is that team in yep. that league now with okay. uh, St. Ignace in there, and they're 6-0 Gaylord St. Mary. And for what it's worth, I am going to see a D8 team this week, uh, Frankfurt, who is 4-2, got beat up pretty good by Catholic Cent- Muskegon Catholic Central, 31-6, I believe no the score was there. Losing but who doesn't? Well, and it wasn't really, I mean, look at some of the scores that Muskegon Catholic has played against. That's, I think, the closest game they played so far. So Frankfurt's really not that bad of a team. It's just, you know, we've talked about it before, Muskegon Catholic Central ought to find a new division to play in. They really need to move up. I would, I would love to see Muskegon Catholic and St. Francis yeah. go at it. Oh, absolutely. Right. And, and, we're don't see, and we're not seeing teams like uh, you know, Ishpeming right. mm-hmm. be the team that they once were. They're, right. they're having a down year. I, I, they're 2-4 and four or 3-3 three and three at this time. That really might, not much of a factor. Right. So, right. No Ozzy Corp coming, you know, walking through those doors. <laughs> <laughs> the Rick Patino reference. That's right. right. That's right. All right. Let's uh, let's take it over to the West Side. Mm-hmm. Uh, we since you just kind of used a Muskegon Catholic Central reference, mm-hmm. we always know that they are the favorite. Yep. And they will be again. Uh, what are some other teams generally in the West? And this includes while it, while we're looking here, let's talk kind of the Grand Rapids area teams, the Muskegon teams, and the uh, the. Um, Kalamazoo team. Well, Grand Rapids West Catholic is, you know, definitely the favorite when D five. You know, you have Oak Ridge, you have um, other teams in D five. But until I see somebody, you know, I know West Catholic lost the first game of the year this year. I believe was the Lumen Christie. Um, Big deal. Um, You know, they're still the team to beat in um, D five, D six on the west side. A team that I, I wrote about briefly in my in my picks column was Montague, who's won state championships in the past out of the Muskegon area, six and zero. One team I would really like to see, uh, uh, seriously, just watch is Water Elite. They're yeah, they're on the That's west really side. They're 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 like located like near the St. Joe area, near you know west of Kalamazoo. And they're scoring at like 50 points a game. I would love to see them just in action, and maybe we get a chance if if somehow they get in the right bracket, get um, sent to uh, Ford Field. You know, Waterville, that's been a a team that's really kind of made noise, but, you know, without having having a chance to watch them. um, Just, I guess, how how do you break down... The type of season that they're having, the type of wins that they've had so far this year. Most of the time, they're playing uh, really lesser competition. Right. Use, uh, I was looking at their schedule. Their tough part of the schedule is coming right now. Mm-hmm. And, and for what it's worth, they made the playoffs before, but it seems like every time they play somebody with a quality program, they don't they don't fare so well. Right. But that being said, they're running this you know wide open offense. They're putting up gaudy numbers. Um, I just I kind of like watching teams like that. They don't really pay much attention to defense. Mm-hmm. The, just right. kind of that fun team that you go watch. Yeah, you know, I, I guess it'll be interesting to see, you know, that team that likes to score a lot, likes to run up the sure. score. It'll be interesting to see what they do if they make a deep enough playoff run. Sure. You know, just to see that. Um, so moving on, uh, Lauren stepped out for a second. Moving on, we're going to go to mid-Michigan. Um, who are, who? Well, I, you know, I touched on uh, DeWitt in Division Three, yep. um, but yeah. Always look at Portland. I believe they're again in Division Five. Them mm-hmm. and Lansing Catholic always seems to have these really big battles in the state playoffs, and they're in the same division too. So, 
whoever really survives that usually has a chance to go into Ford Field. Um, you know, some of the other ones, Pawama Westphalia, I believe they're, is that a D7 type yeah. program, right? Yep. Um, so you always have to look for them. They're having another good year. It's, it's impressive to see them have the type of success that they've had without Jared Smith, you know, a guy who, who broke so many records and, you know, it's kind of next man up with that program. Well, you know, Portland, you know, getting back to them, they're 5-1 and one this year. They're, they're the team I think you got to look for to give maybe a West Catholic some games. But, you know, back to Palm Westphalia when, when they had Smith last year, I thought they played well even when he wasn't the featured back in yeah. that. So I think, and, and nothing against the, uh, what Jared did, but it wasn't just Jared Smith on that right. team. Well, they had some really other good, good players. It kind of seemed like he was worn down by the time the state finals came around. You well, know, he, he was carrying 30, 34 times a game right. at times. And against, against you know, the best competition they played all you, season. Jeff, you might get tired <laughs> if you carried the ball that I, many I'd times. I'd get tired after two carries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it was impressive. You know, the passing game really impressed me in the state finals last year for Puam West Valley. I think that's, a, that's an aspect we didn't really expect. So this is a program that... I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Well, they're that team in Division Seven they have to look for. I, I think it's just one of those stronger programs. Um, you know, like McBain mm-hmm. is a team in the past that had some really good offenses and just lit it up with the air air game. Um, but you know, Mid Michigan back in the day used to be that really strong Lansing yep. schools. Okemos had good teams. East Lansing had good teams. Grand Ledge is the, seems like the only team that. Randy kind of, Kinder. Randy Kinder. Right. I mean, <laughs> going went to Notre Dame and really didn't do much. Junior year beat uh, Brother Rice in the state yeah. finals with Jeff Smith coaching him. I, I just don't see those teams right. as being factors in the playoffs anymore. You've actually had to move, you know, um, to teams like Portland, Lansing Catholic, the lower division teams, and they've done pretty well. Yep. You know, one one. We'll call it two more teams that are in the mid-Michigan area I want to hit on. Um, what are your thoughts on Lansing Sexton? It seems like they were down for a couple of years, and they're finally starting to pick it back up. Well, they're a Division Four team normally, yep. and it's beneficial to them because they're playing East Lansing, Grand Ledge. Uh, they beat up Okemos pretty good the other day, and um, Okemos is making a resurgence over there. Um, no, I think you have to look for them because they're kind of an X factor because they're mm-hmm. not playing Division Four teams during this during right. the uh, a, a regular season, so that when they get in the playoffs, you know, I always looked at that as uh, um, when I looked at the Catholic League teams going into the mm-hmm. state playoffs, they always beat up each other. But as long as they survive, it's like a breather. Oh, great, we made it to the state playoffs. We don't have to play Catholic right. Central again. <laughs> I don't have to play Orchard Lake St. Mary. I can right. play somebody else. Yep. That, that's, so that's a little bit like Lansing Sexton. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, one other team a little bit north, but uh, Ithaca, you mentioned them briefly yeah. before. Sure, you're back in six. Yep. Yeah, that's that's their comfort zone. Yep. And the thing with Ithaca, it seems like whenever you know Ithaca makes a, a good run, obviously in Division Six, the quarterback play really leads them. You know, mm-hmm. we, we go back how far, you know, Alex Nisnak, mm-hmm. Travis Smith, Jake Smith. Mm-hmm. The quarterback this year, Joey Bentley. Uh, I think he's a guy who, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him this year, and I think, you know. It's a system, too. Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we talked about uh, DeWitt a little bit and what Zimmerman does there. Mm-hmm. That he, he, They're so good there in the way they coach that, you know, whoever they stick in or whoever they pick, whoever wins that battle is going to run that offense well. I agree. Um, and going one, to one last region, let's go down towards the south you know, southwest of part of the well, state. even just south, go south of Lansing. You got yep. Hudson, who's a Division uh, Seven team that okay. I think you always have to look at. Um, they played some really tough games already this year. I think they're proven. Um, one team that I'm noticing having a good year in D8, and, and it's almost like who's going to play Muskegon Catholic, and who's going to be that team to lose the Muskegon Catholic. <laughs> but be that as it may, Menden, way back in the day, I think they've won like I don't know six, seven, eight state titles. Always in, we're in the finals before Muskegon Catholic dropped from whatever they were at, four to five to right. six, now an eight. Um, they're 6-0 and oh now. Uh, always see them as that type of team from the Kalamazoo area making noise. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, it's Stevensville Lakeshore. You talk about the South. That's yeah. a Division Six team. I mean, excuse me, a three team that's 6-0, and oh, yep. playing Brother Rice this weekend. I think that's a, a to me... I think it's this an is an intriguing matchup. Yeah, yeah, it is because of Rice. You, you, you said Scott, they have a new quarterback. Yeah, Mario Mariano Valente, their star quarterback, who I call the Magic Man. <laughs> Unfortunately, that Magic's going to have to be on the sideline for uh, the second half of Who's this year. Who's their quarterback now? So now it's a sophomore named uh, Greg Piscopink. Okay, who actually has the defensive coordinator? I think right, and 
he stepped point. in for Valente last year and I and kept that uh, playoff run a, afloat for I believe three games when so Valente. What pick up, pick so he's, he was a freshman last year. This oh, year he's a wow. sophomore, and uh, I didn't really have an opinion of him other than oh he's you know he's an all right freshman that you know is a stopgap. Uh-huh. And then when I saw him against Orchard Lake St. Mary's, especially in the second half, uh, I I had a complete change of. Um, I, I, he blew me away with what he did. He, he he combined for over 300 yards of total offense, threw for about 230, 240, uh, two touchdowns, ran for over 100 yards and a touchdown, uh, and just, just looked really sharp under center. And uh, I think uh, if he keeps playing like that, you know, who knows? Rice uh, could have a chance to make some noise. Another team on the southwest part of the state is Kasopolis in D7, 6-0. Mm-hmm. Um, in D6, Schoolcraft, which has made – Numerous appearances in the state finals. They're five and one. I think they're a team that you have to look at. D six. Yep. Um, and before we wrap it up here, we're going to switch gears real quick. We have a new update to our Hungry Howie's Mr. Football Award contest. Yeah, that you know, it's just you know, we've had a lot of talk about getting Bryce Beasley in there, and I yep. know Scott's a big proponent of him. He's seen him much more than I have. I did get a chance to see Bryce last year in the playoff game against Bloomfield Hills. Then I saw him this year against Clarkson. I thought it was a different type of quarterback, mm-hmm. much more mobile. He's lost some weight, got a cannon of his in of arm. He really and does. I, th- you know, stats are stats, and his stats mark, you know, are are as good as anybody's. Yep. And I think part of that, and rightfully so, is he's got a plethora a of lot receivers, of good receivers. Yeah. That in in but I talking to Bryce after uh, the Clarkston game. We got on the subject of what job it is for him, besides being that leader at quarterback, is to find that, that matchup. Yep. Not the gub- double-covered guy, but who's getting the single coverage out of the, his lots of receivers and to get that particular uh, receiver the ball in the right position. If he's able to do that, which he, you know, he's really concentrating on, he's very good at this right. point, I think he's got a chance to get West Bloomfield farther than any West Bloomfield team has gone in the playoffs. Yeah, he threw for 2,500 yards last year. Mm-hmm. Um, this year he's knocking on the door for, for 2,000 already. Um, just like Tom mentioned, he, he, he slimmed down some of that baby fat. He's much more mobile. He's getting out of the pocket. He's making better decisions. And then, uh, you know, the arm speaks for itself. Uh, I don't think that was ever a question, but I think the question was, at least when I saw him in the first couple weeks, the difference between when I saw him in week one and week two where they lost to what I've seen lately is that his touch, his uh, his intermediate routes, mm-hmm. and uh, just, uh, you know, the, How was the timing. was his decision-making against Western when he played him? He was just overthrowing yeah. them. He had guys opening. Sometimes you, when you got a cannon of the arm, sometimes you just want to let it loose and you're not thinking about look, putting touch on it. Maybe too jacked up. In yeah, that so game. I mean, he, he missed a couple the, guys that, you know, just overthrew okay. him. Um, Maybe just learn to relax. You know, this is it. I want to throw out one more name before we leave. And I I use the term dark horse for Mr. Football, and he probably won't get in the race. But Nick Seidel, their safety, (laughs) I want to throw out some numbers. He's got 75 tackles and seven interceptions through six weeks. So, I mean, this isn't. I I saw him that game, and I know you were on his bandwagon. And I'll tell you, he was. He was their playmaker on defense, yeah. and he's got no offers. Although he's got an LTU offer now, but I mean, I heard he might be an Ivy League kid. Could be an Ivy League kid, and I know I talked to Coach Bellamy. He's trying to get some um, Division two and and small division schools on. Just a really, really good high school football player. Right, that hurts him in recruiting. But at this level.